Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one cosmopolitan page of Talmud every day, because no sooner had we started Tractate Rosh Hashanah that we come across something that's really fascinating. Well, I'm not telling you what it is. Just have a listen. Rabbi Abahu said in answer to this objection, Cyrus, the famous Persian king, was a virtuous king, and consequently Haggai, the prophet, counted the years of his reign like those of the kings of Israel, which is really interesting. Why would a Hebrew prophet bestow such an honor upon a non-Jewish Persian king, which I think is a great opportunity to talk about something that we don't always see or don't always look for or don't always acknowledge exists in the Talmud, which is really an invitation for cross-cultural, at the very least, literacy, and if not, real cultural exchange and dialogue, which is the perfect opportunity to welcome freelance journalist Robert Berman, who is the author of the impossibly charming Min Taktak, a collection of idioms in Arabic, which, you know, I dabble a little bit uh, and I, I still found much, much, much to enjoy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. So I hear by your accent and by your name, forgive me if I'm wrong, I do not assume you are a native Arabic speaker. That is correct. People find it weird that a graduate of Yeshiva University wrote the first book on Arabic idioms and expressions in the Palestinian dialect. I began learning Arabic about 12 years ago, and I began encountering all these expressions and idioms that you don't learn in Arabic class. So I began to write them down, and week after week, and month after month, and year after year, I've been studying for many years, and after I got to a thousand idioms and expressions, I realized I had a book here. So I hired some other Arabic researchers to scour literature, spoken Arabic, to try to find other expressions that are used. And now I put together this book, the first of its kind, Mintaktak, which in itself, actually the name of the book, Mintaktak, is an Arabic idiom. It means, it's Aramatapiya, it's Mintaktak, which means from the knock-knock, la salamu alaikum which means from the knock to the goodbye. It means all the details. Your girlfriend came over last night at 11 o'clock at night. I want to hear all the details from the moment she knocked at the door until the moment she said goodbye at the door. So I made that the name of the book because I like the, the way it sounds, Mintaktak, and I think it, it, it describes that all, all the details of Arabic, modern Palestinian dialect, Arabic expressions and idioms are in, are in this book. And uh, what's amazing is, is that not only is this taken off and people are buying this book throughout Israel, the West Bank, in China, in South Africa, in Australia, in South America. But there are Arabs who are buying it because they want to learn English. So I have two versions, Arabic to English, and they want to, they're buying the book to go backwards and learn English idioms, or they want to learn Hebrew. I have another version of the book, which is Arabic to Hebrew. So it's really been an incredible journey. So they, they would look at the Mintaktak and they will say something like, as you say, soup to nuts. Yeah, soup to nuts or A to Z or, yeah, the whole kit and caboodle. I want to hear more about this great impact that the book is having. But, but before I do that, I have to ask you, can you share a few of your absolute favorite idioms, the one that really stand out? Well, one is funny because it happens. It actually happened in real life the other day. I was walking out of my apartment in Jerusalem. One of them is if you want to say that someone is like a troublemaker, he's just causing trouble. He's causing trouble for other people and he's causing trouble for himself. You say, He's carrying the ladder horizontally. So if you could just picture this. So I'm coming out of my house last week and there's a guy coming down the street literally carrying a ladder 
horizontally. He's holding up the traffic. He's in the middle of the street holding up the traffic. I said, dude, you have to turn that ladder the other way. You're causing trouble for everyone. So that's a funny one that I love. I love the one, El Bab Bifawit Jamal. El Bab is the door. Bifawit brings in Jamal, the camel, which means when you want to tell someone to take a hike and it's either your way or the highway, you turn to him and you say, dude, El Bab Bifawit Jamal. The door is big enough for a camel. So if you don't like it, both you and your camel can take a hike. That is so beautiful. As you were researching this book and, and working on it and sort of thinking about the, the origin of these idioms and, and their meaning, did you find something about your own attitudes changing, emotional, political, spiritual? Did you find yourself having a, a kind of understanding that maybe eluded you when you were just thinking about things through a, a, a kind of like a more rational, cerebral perspective? Well, first, I mean, you do notice that there are some, although it's a minority, there are some idioms that are cross-cultural. So, for example, a white lie is a non... You don't mean that literally a white lie. It's no lie is actually a color. But a white lie, we understand what that means in English. It's the same thing in Hebrew, shekel levan, and it's the same thing in Arabic, kadab abyad. But in addition to which, you have also other cross-cultural stuff that is not exactly you understand where it gets from. So I was having a conversation with an Arab about politics, and he said to me, hon marbat al-faras. Here... The horse is tied. And I said, mm. here the horse is tied. What are you talking You're not a farmer. You're not a falah. You don't have a horse. You have a car. What horse are you talking about? And in Hebrew, we have the same idiom, which means, which is po kavor hakelev. Here the dog is buried. And it means this is the crux of the issue. This is the crux of the issue. So it's, it, on the one hand, yeah, here the horse is tied and here the dog is buried. They're not connected, but they are connected because you understand that just in their culture, Horses are very significant. Arabs don't like dogs in particular. Uh, the dogs are considered to make themselves impure. Most Arabs, all Arabs, don't have dogs as pets. They only have them to guard their flock of sheep. But uh, you can understand and appreciate that all cultures kind of have the same idiom, maybe though expressed differently. And so as the book goes out into the world and starts, as you said, finding readers far and wide, was, was there one particular reaction that you received to the book that really surprised you, delighted you, touched you? I got a call from a person who told me he was a brigadier general in the Israeli army, and he is the military attache for the president of Israel, who at that time was Ruby Rivlin. And he said that they saw the book, they loved the book, they want to buy a couple of cartons of the book to give out to Arab diplomats because of the Abraham Accords. They want to give it out to them as gifts. And that really touched me because Ruby Rivlin is a real uh, hero of mine. When he became president, one of the first things he did in a public forum was to go to Farkasim and apologize for the massacre that took place there by the IDF in 1956. And that touched my heart and my Palestinian friends that said to me, Robbie, this is amazing that he did that. There's a real chance for peace here. If the president of Israel is apologizing for the massacre, that massacre of 56, there's a real chance. And so he really has a special place in my heart. And when I found out that he, and he wrote me a letter telling me how much he loved his book, Ruby Rildan's father was the first person to translate the Quran into Hebrew. So for him to appreciate and write me a letter and buy my book for the president's residence, that really touched my heart and it really made me feel very, very special for those that period of time. And so here's the most important question I have to ask you. Where can our listeners find Mintakta? So I have a website called In the Boydom. Boydom is also, it, uh, we use that in Europe, we use that in Israel. It means the crawl space on top of the bathroom. You just throw everything in that you don't really need and you don't want to throw out. 
So I have a website called intheboydom.com or intheboydom.co.il, and there you can find that book and another book that I wrote and some other stuff that I create, intheboydom.com. Robert Berman, thank you so much for this wonderful book and for being our guest. Thank you very much for having me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>